the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this sin, not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 295. Not what I expected. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Captain Darples to my Jar Jar Binks, because everyone knows I'm the clumsy one. We have Carl LeClaire. No again, Jar Jar. You start going to the bosses. You start in big doo-doo this time. And I want to be—I oh, want to be very clear and attest to the fact that Jason is indeed quite the klutz. <laughs> we're in San Francisco. We're like walking up some like steep, steep stuff when we were in the redwood forest. Jason does fine. We're walking around the Presidio, all flat, you know, easily concrete, you know, nice easy sidewalks. Jason almost rolls his ankle. <laughs> yeah, I, I trip over my own feet, you know. Um, it's because I'm too busy looking up around me, and I'm not paying attention to where I'm walking. It's great. Uh, but yes, I, 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 I can be quite the, the Jar Jar clumsy. So You were banished because you were clumsy. Uh, user mightn't be saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you really might. Um, <laughs> so, um, glad to be back. For an, we are, I, I just want to point this out really quick, because... I think this is pretty cool. We are steadily marching towards our 300th episode. Uh, yeah, we got five left until yeah. we hit 300. It's pretty wild. Yeah, um, and not far after that, we'll hit seven years. Yeah, yeah. We're about, like about a month two after and a half 300. months away yeah. from seven years. Wild, absolutely wild. I I can't you believe know, it. Myself. It's not what I would have expected, Jason. <laughs> so in you case you're wondering there. what the episode is about which you very well may be um we're gonna be talking in this episode about uh character disappointment so yep. kind of and, and not and not characters we're disappointed in mind correct. you right but how do characters <laughs> in the film respond to disappointment so we're, we're going to be looking at some key moments in in all three of the trilogies where our heroes and are met with with disappointment and how do they respond to that and what's their response to disappointment? Because um, hey, or in maybe, some cases like Anakin <coughs> causing disappointment, right? Um. So, <laughs> but maybe we as Star Wars fans who have been known to be disappointed in things, which is fair, might learn a little something from our heroes. So that's that's kind of right. the uh, the the hope and the the fun we're going to have with this particular episode. 
Um, we just hope you're not disappointed in it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what this not? You know what this is not, Jason? What is this not? This is not the north or the south side. No, it's not. It's not the east or the west side. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the dark side. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I love you it. You worked that in there perfectly. I thank you thank, for that. Thank you, thank you. That was that was that was very well. Yeah, I, I was planning it in my head. <laughs> well, we are going to resurrect the Star Wars gangster rap, um, even if we have to do it ourselves. Um, <laughs> Even if no one asked for it, we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm sure no one did, but they will be pleading for it afterwards. Well, they better. <laughs> they better. Um, so, Jason, before we hop into the the poll that we did from our last episode, as as well as the topic in general, just wanted to give all of you who are listening a quick update on our Patreon on our Patreon page. Um, we went ahead and updated the the different pledge tiers um, at the start of this month. So if you are a current patron supporter, there's a good chance your tier might have been deleted. So if you still want to support the show, please go back to the Patreon page and, and hopefully pick a, a tier that works best for you. Um, if you do not currently support the show on Patreon, we, of course, would be very appreciative of any support you can give. Um, so head on over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. Um, you'll see all the different uh, prize tiers that are available to you. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them on the air because... Um, if you're interested in doing it, just just head on over to the website and, and check it out. Um, and as always, to all of you that are currently supporting us, thank you. And to those of you who are considering it, uh, thank you for that. And even if you don't, always thank you for just supporting the show by participating in things like our polls, Jason. Right, right. Before I get to the poll, though, I do want to just say thank uh, for everyone. The, the Patreon has been revamped so that we can be more consistent with getting you the content that you're – uh, you know, so, you know your your support level is is expecting. So, uh, this is nothing to do with us trying to to milk the system. This is us trying to make sure that we're consistent in getting out the content that you're paying for, um, that you our patreons are are paying for. So that that's why this got redone uh, because it's been there have been times where we've been a little off. So yes. we apologize for that, but we want to make sure that we're providing the consistent content. Uh, that you are expecting for being a Patreon uh, supporter. So that's why this has gotten um, a little bit revamped. But heading back to our poll, yes, um, we, we are nearing the end of a poll series that we started a long time ago, Carl. Right. Um, <laughs> that is indeed so, correct. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> um, and the poll is... Uh, what, you, what What is your favorite musical moment from The Force Awakens? I almost didn't get that out, Carl. I don't know if you noticed that. I, um, it's pretty clear. You stumbled over right. your words just like you stumbled over that sidewalk, my friend. <laughs> burn. Uh, uh, like the sunburn I got in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. You were uh, pretty red. Uh, you weren't too far behind. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is this is what happened all day, every day when we were hanging out together. This kind of banter and um, lots of quoting of the Star Wars films. Yes, that is also true. Actually, and random. I want to I want to interject for a second and and derail us right from the get go because that's what we did. Oh, good. Um, 
I want to point out, so, like, I mean, I know I mentioned this a few episodes ago after we got back from San Francisco, but one of the things you and I decided to do was each night we watched one of the prequel movies. So we watched the entire prequel trilogy while we were out there. If you are not a huge fan of the prequels, and I would say if there's any particular Star Wars film that you're not as crazy about, and it, whichever one that may be, watch it with someone who absolutely loves them because it's so much fun. Now, I really enjoy the prequels. I always have. Um, you know, they, they're... Except for Phantom Menace, they don't tend to be my favorite of them, of the Star Wars films, but I do love them. But I have to say, watching them with you, Jason, was so much fun because you have such a deep love as well as a deep knowledge of them that I certainly don't have. And I remember just some of the great conversations we had, and by conversations, I mean me listening to you. Um, And obviously, (laughs) if you're a listener of the show, you know Jason obviously knows his Star Wars and has, has a great take on them. But it was really fun watching the films and listening to you unpack them. So I definitely encourage you if like there's a Star Wars film that's not really your favorite, it's, it, don't do this to try to like make yourself like it more. But just it's really fun to see it through the eyes of someone who absolutely adores it. And that's kind of like watching Attack of the Clones with you was de- that was probably my favorite viewing of Attack of the Clones ever because it was just so yeah. much fun watching it together. Um, and I know like my my friend Ben um, is always saying to me, he's like, I really want to watch Phantom Menace with you because I know how much you love it. And it's like, yes, Ben, watch it with me. He's probably listening. <laughs> ben, watch it with me. Um, ben, Ben. <laughs> Obi-Wan? No. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You've not heard it in a long time. <laughs> you old wizard fool. Oh, my goodness. Where did that come from? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, just, just a fun little side note there about how fun it can be to watch the Star Wars film with another person who loves Star Wars films. That's awesome. Well, thank, thank you for saying that. I... I do love Attack of the Clones. I know um, you do. <laughs> so, if anybody needs a pick me up with Attack of the Clones, let me know. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was also have. really fun too because every time we've watched Star Wars films together, in a way, right, it's to do these audio commentaries, which are a blast. But it was so fun to just kick back without a microphone and just watch them with you, and just let them, you know, like let the conversation really be as organic as possible. And I, and I'm not saying that our conversations aren't organic during the audio commentaries. They certainly are. But at the same time, like we are very diligent of the fact of like, we don't want empty space, right? Like we want to make sure we're talking through it. We want to make it worth your time and our time. So it's, you know, in a way a little bit more scripted. So it was just really great. Just that, that really organic conversation. Um, Yeah. Lots of conversation until the Genosis arena battle started. And then I was completely glued to the screen. (laughs) I was like, not a word was said. I was like, Jason over here, Jason, look, look, Jar Jar's over there. You're like, no, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. We should probably get into like, you know, the, the meat of the episode here now. We probably should. Let's let's get our poll out of the way. Then we'll jump into uh, characters dealing with disappointment so that people aren't like, I came to listen to a deep, thoughtful conversation, and all I got was goofing off. Yeah. And, and now I'm getting- disappointed. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, favorite musical moment from The Force Awakens was our poll. We got quite a few responses, so thank you, everyone, for weighing in. Uh, if you mention more than one... Um, moment i did uh include all of them because it is a poll um and here's what we have in fifth place with one vote each we have chewy we're home um we've got leia's intro kylo landing on jakku which i'm actually surprised didn't get more votes Mm. uh torn apart vader's helmet 
And your pick, Carl, the abduction. Yeah. I love why, the abduction. Why abduction? Uh, it's, my, just, it's my favorite statement of race theme um, in that movie. So it's just it's, – it's really powerful. And in, especially with you know, the way it, it traces Finn running, you know, um, I think it's also my favorite moment for Finn. Um, yeah, it's just it, – it, again, like we've heard the theme several times in the film by this point, but it's just my favorite rendition of it. It's, it's very moving and powerful and beautiful. And the fact that I have a, a microphone and a mixer and a podcast, I can do something like this and just uh, – here we go. I'm going I'm to play it for you. This is my favorite part of it. So Finn sees Ray being abducted. just so beautiful i just you know i it's I, I have no deep meaning for it other than i just love i just love it it just feels so good it's really good and i love how throughout the higher pitched parts of the the rays theme the the low brass sort of hits moments of kylo's exactly uh theme and it's so yeah. good it is such a good moment so yeah glad you picked it me too but Thank we you. got more we do we got more for here <laughs> it was in last place uh, in fourth place <laughs> Yeah, right. In fourth place, with two votes each, we've got uh, Jabba Flow, and uh, the garbage will do, and the credits music. Um, in third place, with six votes, this is where things really start, you know, stacking up here. Uh, Third place with six votes, we have the Jedi Steps. Second place. uh, With eight votes, we have Saber in the Snow, which is when Ray. Snatches the saber uh, from Kylo in on the Starkiller base forest, and of course my pick, which should come as no surprise, and if you are surprised, you haven't been listening long enough. Um, it's the Resistance is also in second place with eight votes. By far, my favorite new theme from the sequel trilogy. I love Ray's theme. I really want a concert suite of Kylo's theme. I want an extended Kylo's theme. Um, but I cannot get over March to the Resistance. And every time it's played, I get this dopey grin on my face, and I love it. <laughs> and it's largely because of this moment. Because it is one of the most visually stunning and cool things they've ever done in Star Wars with the X-Wing skimming across the, the surface of the lake, heading towards Maz's castle and everything. It's just amazing. It's stunning, stunning and exciting and epic. And to get Poe doing his incredible stuff. Uh, the one that's one hell of a pilot is in there. I love it. So, you know, there's no doubt that that's my favorite musical moment in the force awakens. So love it. 
But what's number but one? <laughs> number one, um, and this is kind of oh, combining yeah. some stuff. Uh, um, I'm calling it Jakku Scavenger. Um, it's Ray's theme. We had a lot of people who just put Ray's theme, and we had a lot of people who put uh, Ray's theme from her first introduction where she's sliding down the, the, the sand dune. Um, so I just kind of combined all of those together into this moment. And it is a beautiful piece. And, and the introduction of Ray and the introduction of her theme um, in a really beautiful, mystical, magical, wonder, wonderful way. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. It, it is. watch force awakens now uh, i kind of do too <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> after we'll be these back. messages <laughs> yes after this two and a half hour message right um <laughs> <laughs> i haven't watched force awakens in a while i haven't either i oh now i want to go back and watch it I know. um anyway but yep they there you have it there's our poll results um i'm not surprised ray's theme got first um it is definitely a huge part of that score. Yeah. Um, and one of the most beautiful pieces to come out of the sequel trilogy so far. No doubt. No doubt at all. But, so let, let's just say, Carl, I was not disappointed in which track won our poll. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. Yoda holds you in such high esteem. Surely you can do better. Ooh, we should have named our show. I know. I just realized yeah. that. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. I totally dropped the ball on it. Uh, but when you said I'm not disappointed, all I, could, I was like, oh, Dooku, Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. <laughs> Yoda holds you on such high esteem. Surely you can do better. That's actually one of my favorite lines of his. I know it he's is. just like, <laughs> So anyway, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Let's our topic. Um, well, so like I said, there, there, I mean, there's probably lots of little moments, right? Where we deal with characters being disappointed, but we're just kind of, we want to sink our teeth into kind of the big ones and the first really big one. And it's, um, well, actually I'm going to, I'm going to, Jason, I'm going to go out of order here. Cause this is the first one that happened chronologically. Um, okay. uh, but one of the, one of the first big ones is when Padme shows up on Mustafar and her disappointment in who Anakin is turning into. Right, yeah. so she lands on Mustafar. She now knows these things. What things? <laughs> <laughs> what things? What things? <laughs> you got to move your head as you he say it. He almost looks like a puppet. Yeah. What that. things? <laughs> what things? 
<laughs> they're not good things. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, right. So like Obi Wan's obviously stops by that the uh, the apartment to let her know what's going on with Anakin. Like he's killed younglings. Like he's you know he's he's Palpatine's errand boy now. Padme doesn't want to believe it, so she goes out there to confront him about it, and she's starting to realize the man she loves isn't really there anymore. He's turning into something else, you know, and she recognizes that what he's turning into is not something she wants to be part of. And one of my favorite lines in the entire Star Wars saga is when, you know, Anakin says to her, you know, uh, love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can do that. I don't love it because I think it's a great line. I love it because of how tragic it is, right? Anakin thinks the only way of saving her is through power, gaining more and more power, no matter what the cost, no matter how evil that might make him, you know? And and I love her line of, you know, you're a good person. Don't do this, Um, you know, and she is confronted face to face with the reality of what obi-wan told her i think as she's listening to the way he's talking right there you know it breaks her heart you know i don't know you anymore you know you're breaking my heart um the good person that she fell in love with the good person she knows he is is being completely distorted and warped and she's not gonna remain part of that she can't. She, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally cannot do it. She, you know, she even says, you're going down a path I can't follow. And that, I think, hurts her almost as much as the fact, uh, almost as much as who Anakin has become. is because she can't go down there. She can't help him out of it. You know, she she can't tread down that path in order to bring him back. Uh, so she's, you know, that I think breaks her heart even more. Because it's not something she's capable of doing is is going even a little bit down that path, right. um, and it is one of these things where Obi Wan stops by and tells Padme all of these things uh, what earlier, things? <laughs> and you know, what things? What things? Well, youngling things, um, and she has this. You know, you can tell from from her her body language and and the facial expressions that she has this sinking feeling obi-wan is right because obi-wan has never lied to her before yeah he has no reason to lie but because she's so close to anakin and because he is so special to her she can't believe it she has to prove it to herself and she's going to mustafar hoping praying pleading that this isn't true and so this isn't just disappointment when she finds out what anakin says is true this is heartbreak this is you know this is the this is the greek tragedy this is the shakespearean tragedy right here you know she's like you know don't don't tell me this is true tell me everyone's wrong tell me the feeling i'm you know i have in my heart is wrong and anakin's like it's not i'm sorry well, he's not sorry, though. But so this is, yes, there's disappointment, but this is so much more uh, because for her, it, in a way, it kind of kills her. Yeah. So. But um, it's it's such a tragic scene. Um, and it, 
And I think it is one of the best scenes with Anakin and Padme in Revenge of the Sith. So, Agreed. Although there is that balcony scene. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> That definitely takes the cake. It will always take the cake for me. But... <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's 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 really powerful, and um, I think it's it's one of the because again, the, you know, I I think Padme's character is very underutilized in Revenge of the Sith, and obviously there's all those great deleted scenes where you're right, George had stronger intentions for her, but you know, just how long the movie was, things just had to be cut. Right. Um, but I, think I, this, I still would love an extended edition of Revenge of the Sith with yeah. at least some of those scenes put back in. I don't necessarily right. need all of them, but some of them. Right. And to be fair, yes, we can go watch them in the deleted scenes, but it'd be nice to have them in the context, right? Um, I think they'd, right. they'd be a lot more fun that way. Um, but I think this is the strongest scene for Padme in the sense that she – she doesn't make any excuses for Anakin, right? Like her hand is immediately forced and, you know, we don't get, we don't actually get to see what, how she would have chosen, but it's pretty clear that, you know, the way she, you know, just even her physical acting, the way she steps away from him, right? She's not going to stay with him if this is who he's going to be. And that kills her, but she she, knows better than that. She's backing away. She's extricating herself from the situation, from Anakin. And, you know, if, if it had been able to play out, um, she would have probably tried to make an attempt to run back up the the ramp of her ship and take off. Yeah. She would have left him there. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, so she's disappointed in him, and but she's not going to stay with him. No. You know, so no. she, she was going to leave. Yep. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and then Obi-Wan showed up and ruined everything. Damn it, Obi-Wan. Damn Kenobi. <laughs> General Kenobi. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> Kill him. Know <laughs> them. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, so then, you know, just ten minutes later, we get another huge disappointment scene, um, which I think is the climactic moment, right, of the prequel trilogy, which is the the clip we played at the top of the the episode, where Obi Wan confesses his heartbreak over Anakin's fall to the dark. Right, you were you were the chosen one. You were supposed to be our salvation. What the heck, right? Um, it just completely breaks him, and I think that's. It's a very personal moment, right, where this is about Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's about Obi-Wan personally feeling yeah. disappointed that his best friend, his brother, this man that he loved like he's probably never loved anyone, um, went this way, right? That, that, that extreme disappointment. And that's also attached to, in the, obviously, the global sense of this part of the saga – is that Anakin also represents the hope of the Jedi Order. That's why Palpatine corrupts corrupts him and targets him. You know, and, right. and with all you know, as more and more ancillary material comes out surrounding like Palpatine and, and his rise to power and his machinations behind the scenes, and even the way he deals with Anakin right after he becomes Vader, right in the comics and stuff. And oh my gosh, his, so good. his just brutality towards Vader, you know, really stresses the point that Palpatine never Wade, you know, he didn't put all of his plans on the back of Anakin's fall. It was a huge point, but I think more than anything, the reason he targets Anakin is yes, like he is 
extremely powerful in the Force, but it's more of that he's a symbol, right? He is a symbol yeah. to the Jedi Order of hope. He is their prophetic salvation. So if Palpatine can corrupt that, not only does he get to destroy the Jedi Order, but he gets to destroy the hope that goes along with it. So I think this moment is 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 both grand and personal, um, and I, and that's pretty darn amazing. So it's yeah. the disappointment of the galaxy um, encapsulated in the character of Obi Wan. Um, but for Obi Wan, it's far more personal to you right. know somebody that you love more than anything becomes somebody like this. I mean, that's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, and. And it's like this builds for Obi-Wan because after Order 66, they go back to the temple. They see the younglings who are cut down by a lightsaber and Anakin, or Obi-Wan goes, who could have done this? And then they go into the security recordings and only pain will you find. And he found pain, you know. Um, he saw irrefutable proof that Anakin has turned to the dark side. Anakin has joined the Emperor and was the cause of all of this. And so... This has been building and festering in Obi-Wan. And initially he goes to Mustafar to do just as Yoda instructed and confront him to try and take him out. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, when it looks like he's all but accomplished what he set out to do, Obi-Wan breaks. It just, it's too much for him um and and the disappointment and the loss and the pain and the heartbreak just pours out in some of the best acted lines in the entire saga um ewan mcgregor is phenomenal you know and 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 that scene is just incredibly powerful um but you're right he is talking about anakin as if he were the chosen one you know as, as this big thing you know for the jedi you said you would destroy you know destroy the Sith, not join them bring balance to the force not leave it in darkness it's this big grand thing and then he just it all comes crashing in on him it comes so personal yeah that's you know you're my brother anakin i loved you you know that and and he he just doesn't have it in him to, to finish Anakin, he'll let the lava do that. You know, he, he can't do any more hurt, cause any more hurt to Anakin than he already has. It, it just, he, I don't think he's capable of it. Yeah. Um, well, he even tells Yoda, you know, I can't kill him. Yeah. He's like my brother, you know, send me to kill the emperor. I cannot kill Anakin. And we see that here. So, yeah. Right. But yeah, no, it, it, it's it's such you know. I know we're talking about disappointment, but these first two in particular, disappointment is definitely part of it. But it just explodes outwards from there into heartbreak and sorrow and tragedy, and it's just they're they're very powerful moments. So yeah, and you know, but Obi Wan, you know what he chooses to do that he's disappointed to the point of heartbreak. But he leaves there kind of letting his hope burn up. Like he lets his old hope die, but he immediately goes back and, you know, in a way just changes his focus now to 
the children, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know, this is something I always te- seem to forget. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, both Yoda and Obi-Wan think Anakin's dead, right? The, the yeah. enemy is the Emperor alone and now this rising empire. They don't know that Anakin survived on Mustafar. So for Obi-Wan, like he does leave, you know, disappointed, but he's not going to go try to save him or rescue him. He lets him burn. He lets him die. Um, But then he immediately finds a new hope, a new chosen one, as he even admits in Rebels, um, you know, in these twin children. So, you know, he doesn't he doesn't wallow in that disappointment. He chooses to move on to a new light. Um, I think that's, yeah. that's again, another example of why Obi-Wan is the quintessential Jedi. Well, I, I'm going to push back slightly on, on moving on. He moves forward. Sure. Because he, he does, yeah, you know, he moves forward it, yeah. and he changes focus towards Luke um, and towards the hope of the future. But he is still, as we see, you know, in A New Hope and definitely in Return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan is bitter, very bitter about what happened with Anakin. You know, he's Maul Machine now, the man twisted and evil. And so that disappointment is still there. Yeah. It's still there. It, it's festering, and it's, it's, one, it's that one thing that won't let go of Obi-Wan is that failure, that disappointment in what happened with Anakin. He uses that as motivation, as fuel to ensure Luke becomes who he should be. But it's still there, even after he's dead and you know gone to this world, and he's showing up as a Force ghost, you know, being a bitter old man about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't fully go away, but it does provide motivation and and fuel for what he does next. Right. Yeah. Um, but moving into the original saga, um, the, 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 the main character obviously is Luke, and Luke deals with some pretty intense disappointment. Um, again, both happen in... Well, nah, again. Revenge of the Sith is not the middle act movie. Excuse me. But in Empire Strikes Back, Luke meets with some pretty quick disappointment with discovering Yoda, right? right? Um this little green you know, little green guy shows up, says he's gonna, you know, you know, help you find your friend. I'm not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. You know Oh Jedi Master Yoda, you seek Yoda. You know him? Take you to him, I will. <laughs> but now we must eat. Come <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but right, like Luke, Luke is showing up expecting to find a great warrior. You know, he's probably got these expectations that he's going to be some big, powerful, you know, guy. Not not this little green guy. Um, and it always makes me think, especially now in light of Phantom Menace, how Luke is very much like every character besides Qui Gon and Phantom Menace in regards to Jar Jar. Right, like. Yoda is just this nuisance. Luke's just trying to shoo him away. Get out of my way. I'm here on a mission. I'm here for a warrior. I don't got time to waste with you. Right? Like, mm-hmm. he's just casting him aside um, is what Luke, all he wants to do. Just 
right? Like Obi-Wan wants to do with Jar Jar. Um, and, uh, you know, Luke has this expectation of what he's going to meet when he gets there. Um, and he just feels like, you know, you're wasting my, you know, I'm wasting my time as he confesses in Yoda's hut, right? Luke is just so focused on meeting this great warrior that he's totally incapable of, of sensing anything about Yoda. Um, but what I, what I love about Luke though, as soon as Obi-Wan, you know, Luke, Yoda says, I can't teach him. And then he hears him talking with Obi-Wan. He realizes who Yoda is. The great thing about Luke is he's immediately quick to accept that this is Yoda and Yoda is going to, and, and even though he is just, he's not what he expected. Well, it's what I'm looking for. So I'm going to trust him to show me the way of the Jedi. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, the, the disappointment switches characters in this, this scene, the disappointment starts obviously with Luke, Mm. you know, he's expecting, he's expecting to have this great warrior to come out of the mists, so to speak, and teach him the ways of the force, you know, some sort of like ancient samurai kind of guy in armor or whatever with swords or something, you know, steps out of the mist and, you know, ah, young student come you know that sort of thing he's expecting something grand and mystical this is little green toad you know that's crawling around in the mud and everything and he's very disappointed he doesn't even try to hide his annoyance um with with what's going on and 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 yoda uh and everything um and then as soon as yoda reveals himself you know is disappointed. He says, yeah. "You know, I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience." And the dis- you know, the sh- the disappointment leaves Luke for shock initially, and it kind of just settles on Yoda's shoulders for the rest of the scene until he, you know, he asks Obi Wan, "Will he finish what he begins?" And Yoda says, "I'm not afraid," and looks very, you know very determined into Yoda's eyes. And that's, of course, we get that creepy line of Yoda's, you will. You. Why does he have to be afraid? I don't know. (laughs) That's my, that's my, you know, eight year old self going, why? Um, Anyways, but it's interesting to see how, how that disappointment shifts in this scene, because it's definitely starts with, with Luke. He's, annoyed he's irritated he's like i just want to find what i'm here for and then it you know rests on yoda until the end of the scene um and yoda has to be talked into actually training him by obi-wan so um yoda's doing it for obi-wan not because he believes in luke at this point yeah i think yeah you know and did you read the um from a certain point of view that like collected short stories for the 40th anniversary of a new hope uh, no, I have it. I've not read it, though. Okay, well, there's a short story in there about Yoda and Obi-Wan. And um, oh. it's been out long enough, and I think it's been out there that... Sorry, this is obviously a bit of a spoiler. Sorry, Jason. Oh, I'm okay. Um, but, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, and Yoda actually initially wanted to train Leia. Um, and that's what a lot of the discussion's about. Because Yoda sees a lot of um, Anakin and Luke. Um, and he wants Leia. He thinks Leia would be the better candidate. Um, well, you know, from from their track record thus far, Yoda's definitely on the right track. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
Although to be fair, I always I I definitely agree with the the sentiment though that Leia is Anakin's daughter and Luke is Padme's son. Um, yeah, yeah. I, when you get down to it, the the impulse of of Anakin can definitely be seen in Luke from time to time. But deep down, he's a softy and much more of a you know of a peacemaker the way Padme was, whereas Leia's you know on the surface a bit more like her mother. But you get underneath it, and she's gonna tear your face off. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's a you know that's a that's a really good point though how the disappointment shifts from Luke onto Yoda. Yeah. Um, disappointment. You can almost that- see it float out of Luke and land on Yoda. It's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. You and thought those were gnats. You thought right. those were gnats. No, that's the disappointment. That's the disappointment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought those were gnats. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> it's um, the dark side. You are correct. No, not quite. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, Yoda reveals that he's been watching Luke and he's he's seen in a way how unready Luke is. But I think when he shows up and still sees it in its full force in person, I think Yoda's just like, oh, geez, come on. This is, is going to be a rough go. Yeah. yeah. Deja vu all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, later in the film, Luke is going to be hit with his biggest sense of disappointment, which is obviously learning who his father actually is. So, right, that climactic moment. Uh, yeah. Um, where we learn Luke learns that Darth Vader is indeed his father. That is probably the most devastating thing Luke can hear. Um, you know, all, all throughout a new hope. I mean, he only mentions a few times, but still like in a new hope, it's very clear how much Luke wants to know about his father. Um, and even though he was told lies as a kid by his uncle, he's still very curious about him. He wants to know more about him. I mean, it's very clear. Owen doesn't want to talk about it, so he doesn't, even even though Owen lied to him about what his father did, he has not ever been particular about his father. Um, and then he hears from Obi-Wan that, oh, geez, your father was a Jedi Knight who fought in the Clone Wars with me. Um, now he's super excited, and he learns that Darth Vader killed that father. So part of Luke's purpose, part of Luke's drive in becoming a Jedi is to avenge his father. This is actually... Right. It's actually specifically stated in the radio drama uh, i've been re-listening to those again because i love them um <laughs> and in the radio drama in this scene you know luke kind of admits that part of the reason he wants to become a jedi is so that he can slay the man who killed his father um and Yoda- I, I think i think if i remember her that's also hinted at um in some of the the marvel comics as well that, that that's part of why luke is is trying to become a jedi and learn the ways of the force post a new hope so yeah i think so too um but yeah i mean so luke learns this and i mean it shakes the core of of his purpose his purpose is to be a jedi like my father before me well look what his father became he doesn't want to be anything like that no and the man he wants to destroy is now the man he's been fascinated about his whole life uh so it's just you know absolutely devastating and you know what's so incredible about luke though is and obviously this is rolling into return of the jedi 
Luke takes that disappointment and, like Obi-Wan, moves forward with it in the sense that he recognizes that his father still exists under that mask. He believes mm-hmm. that there's something more and that his father is indeed capable of redemption. So Luke's purpose matures, right? He takes the disappointment, again, doesn't wallow in it, doesn't let it consume him, um, but rather finds a new way forward. And that new way is, okay, well, I will be a Jedi like my father before me. And what that means for me is bringing my father back to the light. Right. And and it is a remarkable thing. Uh, but it's also... The, I think I think one of my favorite things about this, about the fact of, of, of how Luke takes this disappointment, because it is. It is devastating. It is utterly world-altering for him. Um, the, the foundation that he has been standing on is dramatically shifted. Um, but after he begins to process it, he does determine within himself that his goal now is to try and redeem his father, that he believes Anakin is still buried deep within there, uh, within that, 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 that armor, that helmet. And, you know, it's the name of your true self. You've only forgotten as he tells Vader on the catwalk on Endor. Um, but the, the funny thing about that, I think is that is, it's a bit of a naive hope, which is kind of what Luke, you know, it, it goes back to that whole farm boy aspect of who Luke was. You know, he, he is a much more mature character in return of the Jedi. He's a, you know, very capable Jedi knight. Um, there's definitely a maturity to the way he carries himself, the way he acts, but still at the core of it is a bit of a naive hope Mm. that, that he can, you know, he can pull Anakin out of Vader. Um, and, and I think that goes back to his, his farm boy upbringing. Leia wouldn't have done that. She would have like, all right, well, he was my father, now he's not. Let's get him. You know, that's how, how Leia would have, you know, handled it. He, she would have done exactly what Yoda said. You have to, you know, confront Darth Vader again. Well, what Obi-Wan said, you know, you must destroy Vader. She would have been okay and would have done it. But not Luke. Yeah. That's a good point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I think maybe we should do the, the last one on the notes first. Okay. Because it'll be shorter. Okay. So. Um, yeah. Well, it's kind of true too. So, well, so switching into you know the sequel trilogy, um, dealing with with Ray in Last Jedi. Um, you know, I think the. Mm, actually, no. Let's do the other one. I think it makes sense to talk about the other one first. Okay. Oh. Um. Ray is we'll Ray's immediately met with disappointment. <laughs> right. Um in this film, right? She hands Luke that lightsaber um and I love like the look of determination on her face both at the end of Force Awakens as well as the 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 look of determination she has on her face at the beginning of Last Jedi there. And then Luke just tosses it, right? Um right. which all of fandom reacted very strongly to. Um I laughed. I reacted very strongly. I laughed out loud. I was like, <laughs> you know, 
Is that, um, is that how you laugh out loud, Jason? Not not quite, but I, I did laugh out loud in the theater when I happened. <laughs> um, um, I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, th- I, I was too. probably in about the 10 percentile of people who thought I, it was. No, I think hilarious. the whole theater laughed when I was there because it's funny. Um, it is funny. That's true. I think that the implications that then grow from it is where people started to get upset. Um, but so did Ray, you know. Um, <laughs> so Ray what? goes there, Master Skywalker. Master <laughs> Skywalker. Yeah, um, she's so perplexed here, and she makes it very clear why she's here. Um, first off, again, it's kind of like that moment with Obi Wan. There is, there is the you know the 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 macrocosm, if you will, and the microcosm. The macrocosm, yeah. the big purpose, the the that the big main reason she's there is because the First Order is growing stronger, and so is Kylo Ren, and we need you back in the fight. We need you to bring the Jedi back. Um, But then there's the very personal and intensely personal moment, which is she needs Why are you here? Right. (laughs) Because there's something inside me that's always been there. It's awake. I don't know what it is. I'm afraid. Um, Right? Like, she needs Luke to train her. And Luke initially says no. Um... Ray is not only does he say no, but he says it's time for the Jedi to end. This isn't like no, it, I'm not right for your to be your teacher. He's like no, the Jedi shouldn't even exist anymore. You know, we're we're ending this. We're discontinuing this line. Thank you very much. Don't come again. Um, so right. So it's not just a no, but we'll find some other thing to do. It's. No, hard stop. Close the door and you're locked out in the cold. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and it's so uh it, I think in in some ways this this disappointment um is is really key to understanding both Ray as a character, Luke as a character and also fandom in general. <laughs> so what I mean by that is and, – and I don't mean that to be like mean and judgmental because I obviously had a long time being okay with the way Luke is presented in Last Jedi. Um, and it's still not my favorite. Um, and I totally get it and I think all the reasons are there. It doesn't necessarily mean that I love it still. Um, but for Ray, Ray is a character who now – who's kind of become part of this bigger story – and everyone has been very accepting of her so far, right? Finn's accepting of her. Then Maz Kanata and Han and Chewie, right? Like everybody she's interacted with sees her as valuable. And now you've got Luke saying, nope, not going to happen. Right. Um, it also reveals how disappointed Luke is in himself, right? Yeah. His, his excuse to her that, that you know, he's never going to train another generation of Jedi and it's time for them to end, right? Luke is so disappointed in what happened with, with Ben that he's never going to let himself enter that game again. Um, so again, kind of like we were talking about earlier with um, you know Anakin and Obi Wan's moment. You know, Palpatine targets Anakin because of what he represents. Well, I think the same is true for why Snoke targets Ben. Right. Right. Um, again, if you if in Force Awakens, Snoke, we always talked about how Snoke seems kind of afraid of Luke coming back and bringing Jedi back. Which to me kind of indicates that Snoke's not as powerful as Luke. He's nervous, um, right? And so whoever Snoke is, and I'm, we are going to get some of that history. If you know, I'm sure we'll get some in Episode Nine, and then more in ancillary material. Um, but whoever Snoke was, he knew he couldn't, 
you know, overwhelm Luke, especially his new little Jedi Order, no matter how big the Academy might have been. So what does he do? He targets the, the star pupil, right? He's taking right. a play right up out of Sidious's playbook. Target the star pupil and corrupt him, and that'll then break the will of the master, and he'll run off. Um, and that's exactly what he does. And Luke is feeling that tremendous disappointment. And then I think we as fans, right, what we wanted Luke to be is the same thing Ray wanted Luke to be. We wanted him to step out in front of the First Order with a laser sword and take them down. That's yeah. what Ray kind of wants. Ray wants him to be that kind of Jedi god in a way, right? But that's not he, who Luke is. She, wa- she wants Luke to be Mace Windu in the Genndy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series, the micro-series. If you remember the Mace Windu episodes where he just essentially takes on an entire droid army on his own. Right, um, right, so. yeah. That's what she wanted. Those are the stories floating around in her head, so to speak. And that's what she expected Luke to do, to come back and basically just do that. And he's like, no, this is this is so much more. This is so much bigger and deeper. And I'm he doesn't believe in himself anymore, for one, uh, because you're right. He is disappointed in himself. Um, And that disappointment and that you know feeling of failure means he's you know that he's he's looking for a way out of of this game so to speak. He thought he found it until Ray showed up. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and the fact that he you know he thought he found his isolation. He thought he found where he was going to just sort of you know end his days is suddenly you know shaken with the arrival of the millennium falcon and ray and of course initially you're going to be like uh, no thanks bye go away I, you know get off my lawn <laughs> so to speak yeah which is what causes the initial disappointment on ray's part as well right so yep and you know and, and why she seeks the help of a certain you know force skype friend kylo ren right yeah, you know, so Ray's response to this disappointment is to look somewhere else then. You know, the thing is, is Ray, for, for whatever reason, doesn't see herself in and of herself as the solution to the galaxy's problem, right? No. She doesn't see herself that way, um, which in some ways makes sense. Why would she? Um, and she certainly hasn't gotten any encouragement from Luke. Ray knows that they need something. She needs someone to help train her, and she also needs someone more powerful to help deal with the problem of the First Order. Well, in light of all these Skype calls with Kylo, she realizes there is something to him. There is a conflict to him, and she really believes, just like Luke did, right? She believes in that le- the power of that legend that she can also go make something more of him. Um, and, and I love that moment when you know, she and Luke have their scuffle there in the rain, and, you know, Luke says, you know, don't do this. And she offers him the lightsaber one more time and he won't take it. You know, well, then he's our last hope. Um, and off she goes. You know, it's so it makes so much sense, like going to somebody, wanting them to be something that they're not or they aren't going to be. So then you go off to someone else. And a lot of times we go off to destructive things, right? Like, Ray isn't wise enough. Snoke's, Snoke's not wrong. She's not wise enough to realize not to go after this, right? He's right. totally played her, and she doesn't get it. 
Um, so again, she's not the Mary Sue that a lot of people you know claimed she was. A Mary Sue no. would have been absolutely right, but she's absolutely wrong. <laughs> um, she yeah. doesn't know what she's doing. She's passing over Luke to go to a burning flame, right? And Kylo is not the is not the solution she needs. But in light of her disappointment, she turns to something that's not going to be good for her. Right. Right. And, you know, thankfully she comes out on the other, on the other side, you know, bruised, but not broken. Right. Um, and, and, uh, hopefully a little wiser for it. Um, she is still very young. And so she doesn't have the experience to have the wisdom in this sort of thing, especially when dealing with someone as power hungry and manipulative as Snoke. Um, she is like Luke in that regards, yeah. much more innocent, much more naive. Um, and you know, that, that, that was her downfall because she believed so strongly that she could turn Ben. She could bring him back that she was blind to the fact that Ben doesn't really want to come back. Right. So, but that's a topic for another day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, we got, we got one more uh, disappointing thing we need to talk about. Right. Um, (laughs) And it's, and it's Ray's vision in the cave as well as later on when she admits to the identity of her parents. Right. Um, you know, in that cave, which again, Ryan Johnson was very clear. This is to mimic what happens to Luke and empire. Um, and she goes down there, you know, looking for answers. You know, I, I came here looking for answers. I was wrong. She admits to Kylo in their last Skype session. Um, you know, (laughs) she came there with all this hope. Obviously the initial hope is in Luke that he'll come back, that he'll train her. That's not happening. Well, now she's going there seeking some sense of her identity. You know, give me something then. All right, well, if Luke's not going to train me, let me know that I'm from some powerful fort. Right? I think she wants to know that she's from something great and powerful. Yes. But all she, she learns is that she's on her own. Right. She, she wants to know that. She, I'm sure deep down she knows it's not true. But she's hoping. She's, you know... Like I said, there's the innocent naivete to this. There's this this story, this legend being woven in her head about the adventure, about the you know, you know, all of this stuff. You know, Luke was a farm boy. You know, she knows who Luke is. He was a farm boy in the middle of nowhere who turned out to be related to one of the greatest force users of all time. Why? Why can't she be like that? You know, yeah. um, even though she deep down knows that's not the case right you know that she's been on her own for so long that she's created this idealized legend this story this epic adventure for what she what she'll be doing who she becomes who she is and those ideals are not being realized especially when it comes to her lineage to who she is based on her parents right you know they are nobody they sold her off and perhaps kylo is lying somewhat maybe he's stretching the truth a bit we don't know We'll, we'll hopefully find out more but 
at that whether he's lying or or stretching the truth or not ray does come to grips and admit that she is from nobody that her parents weren't anybody special yeah and and that's a hard pill to swallow for her initially right yeah you know i mean she wants so much and and maybe it's not even so much that she wants or needs them to be people of importance, but she just wants to know who they are in the sense that no, maybe that at least that they're good people who are indeed coming back for her. Right. She is, she's seeking she, some sense of belonging here yeah. that she's not going to get right. Not from, right. not from her blood family anyway. Yeah. She wants to belong. That, yeah. that is, that is, I think one of the core things that drives ray is she wants to belong she wants to belong to someone to some to a group to a a cause to a a person and and if her parents didn't accept her if she can't belong to them then then what else is there you know that that's that's the 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 young and experienced you know ideas but after she has the confrontation with kylo and he offers her a place at his side yeah and but it's a place that she you know much like padme cannot take you know it and so she leaves it and begins to find that she does have a place to belong she you know with the resistance with finn and poe and leia you know mm-hmm. she does have a place she she does have a family just not the one she was looking for right yeah, and you know, Kylo's kind of utilizing this this moment of deep disappointment of her, right? Like, you know, oh, it's so manipulative. Yeah, you know, you're nothing. You know, you're, you you have no place in the story. You're nothing. You're not. You, you come from nothing. You're, you're nothing. no one. You're no one. But not to but me. not to me. Yeah. Whoa, geez, dude. <laughs> whoa, whoa, man. Whoa. When I was I was actually when I, when I was watching that movie with my roommate a couple of weeks ago because he hadn't seen it yet, and during that scene he's like, whoa, that's. It's kind of intense. I go, yeah, that's how I'm going to start trying to pick up girls. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just kidding everyone, by the way. It's like, that's awful. Um, yeah, please don't. Yeah. Uh, and it's moments like that where I begin to question if, if Ben can be redeemed. You know, it's, uh, there's other moments that make you think he could be, but there's moments like that where I'm like, that's really dark. That's manipulative. That's not good. Right. Uh, that's probably the darkest in my opinion, the darkest moment Ben has in this movie. Yeah. I was going to say, not trying to be like, well, uh, yeah, in this movie, killing his father is the darkest, but, um, well, but yeah, he's taking, he's taking advantage of that disappointment, Ray's feeling, um, and, you know, trying to, he's, he's trying to work it and do a different angle. Um, I don't think it's as maliciously manipulative as I don't think that's his direct intention. Like no. he, he's he's genuinely trying to connect with her, like saying, like, you don't like you you're not important to this story the way that I am, but don't but like you are important to me, right? Like I think he's trying to appeal to that side of her. I mean, it's horrible the way he's doing it, but um you kind of understand where I guess where he's coming from. But you know what's really important here is like just like Luke, right? When Luke learns that Vader's his father. Well, 
the quick and easy response to this is, you know, come with me, join me, we'll destroy the emperor, you know, we'll make the galaxy good. Okay, sounds great. I got my dad, and I'm going to be really powerful. This is great. Um, <laughs> but no, like Luke is just so innately good that he's not going to do that, right? He'd rather cast himself into the abyss than join the darkness. Um, and the same is true of Ray in this moment. Ray immediately realizes the danger and the risk that Kylo represents, right? In her disappointment, she turned to a man she didn't fully understand. And now she gets it. Like, he's not good. He's not, like, I can't save him here. But there's that innate goodness to her, too, that she's not going to join him, right? So even in the midst of that disappointment, she goes off to him thinking he might be what's going to fix this. But as soon as she realizes he's not, she's going to leave. Because she does then realize, like, she does have a place. It's not with him. And right. she's going to go back to where she belongs. Right. And, and I, I do think you're right. I do want to comment on what you said about Kylo, how he's not being deliberately manipulative. He, he, he to an extent, does believe fully what he's saying, you know. But because of who he's been, you know, the final years of his his training has been raised by Snoke, you know, in a sense. He's been raised and trained and probably brainwashed by Snoke for the last several years. That's what comes out. When he tries to reach out and he tries to connect, it comes out all twisted and corrupted because that's what fed into him for so long. Um, and it's something that that Ray sees instantly and and cannot reach out to cannot accept and so you're right she does leave this is this is almost like in a way this is very similar to the the anakin padme moment um except ray has the power and the ability to get out where padme at least at that time didn't right you know um so Ray gets out and and begins to recognize her place in this story is with people like Poe and Finn and Rose and Leia and Chewie and a position in the resistance. And you can see the hints of what is probably coming down the line in those final scenes uh, from The Last Jedi. And I think she's on a good path. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Like, the, to, you know, these are some really big moments where the characters in Star Wars deal with disappointment. And for the most part, they all are able to move forward from it, right? They, um, they, they don't let themselves just be sucked in by that disappointment. Um, and they they make the hard choice of moving forward and finding something better, finding something new. Yeah. Um, and I think that's such a powerful message from Star Wars in general. I mean, to be fair, Solo has a great moment like that, right? Like the end of the movie when Kira flies off. Han is extremely disappointed. Um, yeah. But it opens up something even better for him, which is Chewie. Um, and, you know, like I think Star Wars does have a very powerful message in – and even these character moments of, of how we deal with disappointment is 
important to who we want to be as a person, right? Do we want to make the heroic choice and move forward even though it really hurts and even though we're really let down and hurt by that? Which is fine. There's no indictment for feeling disappointed or being upset by that, being angry by that, being saddened by that. But the thing that Star Wars reveals to us is the heroic choice is to just move forward beyond that, though. Not to just sit in the disappointment and let it consume you right it's rather to move forward okay well that's not what i was that's not what i wanted you know and it's the same same is true in life like when you come up to those big moments of disappointment where something doesn't turn out to be what you wanted it to be or or who the, or who you wanted them to be you know do you want to stay stuck in that darkness or do you want to move forward and find okay well then what's next what's the better what's the better future um, and that's what all these characters ultimately do is they look to what's the better future. And I love what you said earlier, Jason, that Obi-Wan, even in Return of the Jedi as a Force ghost, is still disappointed. But yeah. he has moved forward. He's not just defined by that disappointment. And none of these characters are. Except for, well, and we didn't really talk about this, and, and, and we don't have to go deeper into it, but Kylo. Kylo's defined mm. by his disappointment. He's disappointed in his master, right? He's disappointed because... He only wants to believe, like, he, yes, he has this reaction and that's all he wants to believe. So he lives in that disappointment and look what he becomes. Right. Anakin right. No, Kylo is, is disappointed. the perfect example. Yeah. And same with Anakin in the prequels. You know, I want more, but I know I shouldn't. Like he's disappointed yeah. that the, that the, he's not becoming more of a Jedi. So what does he do? He focuses on that disappointment. Uh, but Kylo is the perfect example, you know, yeah. of how he responds to his disappointment in Luke. Well, he becomes Kylo Ren. <laughs> Right. So. Right. So. Anakin, to some extent, but his passions are much more involved, and right. that ends up being his ultimate downfall. Yeah. Um, but Kylo, oh yeah, yes. So disappointed in Luke. So disappointed he decides I'm going to turn to the dark side and kill all the other students except the ones that'll come with me. Um, right. Right. That's a little harsh, Kylo. Don't you think? Yep. No. No, I don't. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Jeez. Calm down. Um, um, why are you wearing that burnt-up helmet? Um, <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. So anyway, there there are some of our thoughts on on how the you know the characters in Star Wars have dealt with disappointment. So you know, if if there's anything you know that you're thinking about in light of this episode, as always, we we welcome your your comments on any form of our social media or in an email, anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, before we wrap this up, just uh, again, a reminder for our Patreon, definitely check out our Patreon page, consider supporting the show again, if you can, um, we really appreciate it. Um, and uh, we do have a matchup for, for next episode. Also next week's episode is going to be pretty fun. Um, we are recording it with a, a current patron supporter who, who, you know, did the pledge level where you get to create a topic for the show and, and, and co-host with us. And we have, we have a great guest that's going to be on next week. He's got an awesome topic, which I'm really excited to talk about. Um, but uh, before we get to that, there's a matchup that you're going to get to think about between now and then. Um, and it's kind of an epic one. Um, and it has to do with some of the characters we talked about today. Wow. Yes. The matchup. The matchup for the ages, or at least for the next podcast, um, <laughs> is going to be Luke versus Yoda. Ooh. 
Ooh. Ooh. Ah. And do you have any <laughs> clarifications or stipulations on this one, Carl? Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say, uh, you know, like mm, Empire Strikes Back Yoda versus Last Jedi Luke. Very, dun, dun, dun. very different kinds of, of uh, Jedi Masters. So I'm not talking the lightsaber crazy karate kid Yoda from the prequels, but more of that passive Jedi master that was the Empire Strikes Back and not mm. the, you know, powerful warrior who slayed Jabba's gang and returned the Jedi, but the Luke who hacked and slashed his way through Jabba's yeah. gang. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's kind of how I see this. So kind of the last Jedi Luke versus the, uh, you know, the, the original trilogy version of Yoda. I like this matchup. I like this matchup a lot. We have force duels and Jedi mind tricks and all sorts of yummy goodness with this one. Um, cannot wait to hear what people think about this matchup. Yes. But Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup, they want to comment on the topic, or just get in contact with us for any other reason, where can they do that? Uh, of course, we have a uh, Twitter account that we've been much more active on, um, which is, you know, follow us on Twitter at Wampuslayer. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Wampuslayer Podcast. Send us emails at Podcast at gmail.com. And as I said, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. Excellent. You got anything else before we wrap this up? No, I don't. <laughs> 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 had to get that last one in there sure did um, alright well that will wrap up this episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast thank you already for listening to episode 295 of the Wampa's Lair Podcast not what I expected hashtag Master Kenobi you disappoint me <laughs> um, <laughs> for Carl I'm Jason and we will see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair <laughs>